Roses are red, violets are blue. We all love good brisket. So come through the drive-thru. 517-BBQ. I hope you like my little poem. Come join us in the drive-thru or order on your favorite app. Located at 427 East Oakland Ave, Lansing, Michigan. 517-BBQ. You ready to eat? Welcome to Grand Kai Gaming. This is your first time here? I'm glad to have you. On this channel, you're going to find tournaments, reviews, gameplay, and so much more. If you find this content valuable, consider subscribing to the channel. Thank you for checking out the ThisENT.com podcast. And make sure you visit ThisENT.com regularly for all things entertainment. Joe Walker, Anthony Anderson. What's going on, brother? How you doing, brother? My apologies about my tardiness, man. I completely forgot. Shit, it's Friday and the sun is shining in LA. <laughs> Dude, I'm sitting. I'm sitting at the airport, watching planes, waiting for my turn. Looking at the where you at? Michigan. Oh, okay. Where you headed? Georgia. What's going on in Georgia? Oh, a little of this and a little of that. <laughs> <laughs> Attention passengers, this is your captain speaking, the word heavyweight champion, Mr. Joe Walker, and welcome to this podcast brought to you by this ENT.com, Proven Esports Group, 517 Barbecue, and Grand Kai Gaming. Make sure you check out Grand Kai on his Twitch channel at twitch.com slash Grand Kai Gaming. Does tournaments every weekend called Ultimate Warrior, been running Rocket League. The response has been tremendous. Loads of fun. The action's great. If you want to be a part of it, sign up. It's two versus two. Again, check out his channel, Grand Kai Gaming on Twitch. That's twitch.com slash Grand Kai Gaming. And we're glad that you all are back here for this podcast. Hope you enjoyed the first episode. Um, you just got done hearing a little brief snippet of a conversation I had with actor and producer Anthony Anderson. Uh, we have an interview with him that's up on this ENT.com right now where he answered questions from fans. It's a great piece. Check it out. Loads of fun. Some great insight into his acting career and some of the things that he's done and how he felt about some of the roles he's been a part of and he's been able to portray. And just piggybacking off of our previous episode where we talked about our 300th post on this ENT.com since December of 2019. Here we are since the recording of that episode, we have surpassed 400. Another milestone. And we, again, we thank you all for the support, but moving forward into the future, that's what we're looking at. What are we going to continue to bring you on this ENT.com that's going to engage you, that's going to encourage you, and that's going to entertain you? If you've been on the site and you've looked around, you've been able to see, you know, our five weekly columns with Shining Example on Monday, a good question on Tuesday, um, excuse me, above and beyond on Wednesday, a paragraphs on Thursday and character study on Friday. And let's stick with that. Let's stick with, with, with character study. We just did Hair Jordan, which was the character that uh, kind of inspired the movie Space Jam. There was a commercial with Michael Jordan 
and Bugs Bunny, where Bugs Bunny became Hair Jordan. Him and Jordan teamed up together um, to play some 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 basketball, some playground basketball. It's a classic commercial, but that commercial inspired Warner Brothers to move forward. They made the movie, you know, Space Jam. But you know, what are some of the characters that you enjoy that inspired you, or some things that you saw from characters that you feel are classic that you'd want to see some more insight about. And, you know, we would love to write about that stuff and put it on our website as we continue to move forward again into the future. We're moving toward 500 pieces now, which is tremendous. You know, we have we have a small you know, we have a small team. And just since December of 2019, we've been able to post you know, more than 400 pieces of content, be it written, being our five weekly columns tons of video especially esports stuff with the gaming tournaments fight night proven the weekly stuff ultimate warrior we want your insight you know what entertains you so we're sticking with uh, character study which is our our morning column on friday every morning at 8 a.m and We've been able to talk about a number of great characters. Again, Hair Jordan is the previous one. But who are some of the characters that you would like to see? So I started thinking about that. Especially after this conversation, you know, with this conversation with Anthony Anderson, that the fan interview and, and some of the questions pertaining to the characters he's portrayed, like Antoine Mitchell from The Shield. It was a pivotal role for him. And very much outside what people consider to be his box. He does a lot of comedy. We all know him for doing comedy. He's funny. As you heard in the in the clip in the beginning, he's got one of the most iconic and unique laughs in all of entertainment. If you hear that laugh, you know who it is. You know it's Anthony Anderson. Very signature. But thinking about that character of Antoine Mitchell on The Shield. Like that would be a good character study to really just dig into that character. But again, who are some of the characters, you know, that you would like to see? You know, let us know in the comments. Let us know on on social media. You can find this ENT on social media, on all social media at this ENT one. That's T-H-I-S-E-N-T in the number one. Just let us know. Send us a message. You know, again, respond in the comments. Let us know who are some of the characters that you'd like to see us do character studies on. Um, I was talking to, you know, one of our friends and associates, uh, Presidential Poe, Mr. Ruben Ramon. Looking for some suggestions for characters. Now, he has one of the most incredible collections of music there is but he's also very much into popular culture so he has this this vast array of movies and comic books so he's very much into characters so we were having a discussion about you know he enjoys the column you know who are some of the characters you know he would like to see is what I you know what we were discussing I was talking to him about it he brought up some interesting ones and 
you know, some of those, you know, I don't want to mention them right now, but I'm just going to say some of those you're probably going to see appear in the column. But the point being, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to know what characters you'd like to see. And here's one that I've been thinking about doing. Now, Grand Kai, Grand Kai and I, we touched on the 35th anniversary of Super Mario and his impact on culture, his cultural impact. We did that on an episode of uh, The Moves List, which you can check out. It's in our video section. Just click videos or just go in the search bar and type in Moves List and you'll find that episode where he and I talked about the, the cultural impact of Super Mario. But the character of Mario has been around three and a half decades and that character has appeared in so many different games and not just the Super Mario series of games. We've seen him in, I remember how excited my cousins and I were to see him as the referee in Mike Tyson's punch out. You know, um, my cousin uh, Keith and I, we used to watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. We loved that cartoon. Again, to see Mario and his adventures in the Mushroom Kingdom animated and to see Luigi and the princess and Toad and those personalities you know, come to life on the screen with uh, the late, great Captain Lou Albano playing um, Super Mario. That was a big deal. And again, that goes back to our childhood showing how much impact he had already. That was 25 plus years ago. You know, the Super Mario game series was still fairly new. You know, not everyone had really caught on. While it was a phenomenon, it was a phenomenon amongst gamers, but into popular culture. I think you saw that happen more by the time Super Mario Brothers 3 was released. By that time, it was definitely a cultural phenomenon. I remember the commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3 when the game was set for release and you saw you saw people all around the world chanting Mario's name as the camera scrolled up into the sky and you see the see a picture of the earth with Mario's face on it very symbolic but again here's this character who means so much to so many and he's appeared in so many different places in the last the past 35 years there's so much excitement for the new Paper Mario game that's about to be released for the Nintendo Switch that Nintendo just recently announced, you know, the Paper Mario and the Origami King. They're introducing a new villain into the, the Mario Pantheon of characters and games. This Origami King taking over the Mushroom Kingdom. And fans have been wanting this for a long time now, and they're very excited about future announcements coming from Nintendo associated with Super Mario and the 35th anniversary. And here's the first in that line of games, this new Paper Mario. I was just recently going through my own collection of games 
and came across, you know, Super Paper Mario for <laughs> from the Nintendo Wii. And I'm thinking like, you know, I never finished this game. And the game is so fun. I like the fact that you can alter the the perspective of the game, how it can go from side scrolling to 3D. You can switch it. <laughs> It was a very unique uh, option to have on the game to be able to do that on the fly, which opens up so many different possibilities as far as how to play the game and how you get through stages on the game. I've enjoyed the Paper Mario series, that one being my favorite, but I never finished the game. So I was just thinking, you know, I need to go back and, and finish this game so I can see how it concludes the ending. You know, all the things that you look forward to when you're playing the game, getting to the end, finishing the game. And here comes this new one. So anyway, Super Mario, his impact, the importance of that character is definitely one that would make a good character study. And maybe I go a few different places than, you know, Grand Kai and I went, you know, with our episode of Moves List, looking to some different, some different places where Mario has been significant. But there's, three and a half decades worth that's a lot to talk about so many different stories so many different ways we could go and again let us know you know what characters you'd like to see for us to talk about in that column on friday at 8 a.m the character study which brings me to another character um, last year at the Geek, Geek Expo, we had the, the the honor and the privilege of meeting Renee Jacobs, who was the, the original voice of April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons of the 90s that changed a lot of lives of a lot of youth and a lot of adults, too. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was loved across the board. I don't think it really mattered your age. Kids loved them. You know, like grade school age kids teenagers, high schoolers, college students, adults, the working class, like everybody loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And there was no doubt, especially if you were involved in journalism, you were impacted by April O'Neil. Because April O'Neil, she was about telling the real story. And she was in a profession where because she was a woman, she was not respected. Now, you look back on that cartoon now and the way she was treated by her boss. It was <laughs> ridiculous. But that that happens, you know, and that happened. But she fought back. She didn't just kind of curl up and be like, mm, okay. No, April fought back. April was vocal. And we got to have that conversation with Renee Jacobs you can check out the video presentation of the interview if you go into our video section or go into our interview section on this ent.com you can check that out that was actually our very first post which is the significance of where I'm going right now with this discussion about these characters and about this ENT surpassing 400 posts on this website since December and moving forward 
into our future and continue continuing to bring you content that's all things entertainment that's where we started we started with her in that character april o'neill and if you haven't seen that interview you know we we would appreciate it if you watch it and enjoy it and share it but right now we like to play that interview for you in its entirety we want you to enjoy it and think about what's being said in this interview in association to the character and the in the character's impact what it impacted you impacted someone you know and maybe you maybe you're one of those people who haven't yet experienced the teenage mutant ninja turtles of that era and it's something you've been curious about and it's an opportunity for you to check them out and be invited to check them out from us and from the person who was the voice of one of the main characters on the show. So again, we thank you for visiting this ENT.com for listening to this episode of this podcast brought to you by this ENT.com proven esports group, five one seven barbecue and grand Kai gaming. Make sure you follow us on all social media at this ENT one. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Joe Walker. Make sure you follow Grand Kai at Grand Kai One and visit twitch.com slash Grand Kai Gaming every weekend for the Ultimate Warrior Tournaments. And we do hope you enjoy this interview with Renee Jacobs, the voice of April O'Neil. The voice of April O'Neil, I never, never would have thought. And that character definitely impacted my life. This is the World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Joe Walker, at the Get Geek Expo in Lansing, Michigan, at the Lansing Center. Proven Game Tournament is coming up, but right now I am standing here with Renee Jacobs, the voice of April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Lord, I feel like a kid again. How are you? I'm good. I'm having a great time here in Lansing, Michigan. And I heard a rumor that you're actually from Lansing. Is that true? Well, I was born in Chicago, but I actually came here when I was two years old. Grew up in East Lansing, Michigan. White Hills, woohoo! So tell us what it was like um, being April. It was amazing. I have had the best time being April because I got to work with some of the most talented people in the business. Rob Paulson, Cam Clark, Barry Gordon, Townsend Coleman, the amazing Pat Fraley, of course James Avery, and Peter Renaday, and so many other people guest starred. Um, it was a great nine years, and um, and it's so rewarding because people still remember the Ninja Turtles and tell me stories about how it affected their lives. We had no idea. I have a few. Yeah? Can I tell one now? You, you may, please do. Okay, check this out. Perfect opportunity for me to tell this story. So when I was in sixth grade, I think, if I remember right, sixth grade. About ten years ago. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> I was... I don't sleep much, and when I sleep, I don't sleep long. So I woke up one morning about 6 o'clock in the morning. It was a Saturday, and I usually get up and watch this cartoon called Robotech. Robotech just didn't come on this Saturday. This cartoon called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came on. It was awesome. Your voice was in it. Every episode. <laughs> and I went to school Monday and told all my classmates about it, and they swore on the Bible I was lying, that I made it up. It was not a real thing. 
and like less than a month later, Ninja Turtles was the hottest thing in America. So you know your stuff. I do. You, you can see a good thing when you spot it. I think so. Yeah. Started early. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what's, what's been your favorite part about doing that voice? Well, aside from being able to be involved in an iconic show for nine years, I think my very, very favorite part of it is actually doing Comic-Cons because I get to meet the fans and I get to hear about how the show affected their lives. Uh, we, we had no idea. Um, I think the, I think being turtles and being mutant and being different and being outcast played to the heart of so many people. You know, we all think we're the ones that are the outcasts, but everybody feels that way. Everyone feels that they're not good enough or they're not popular enough. And it helped people get through very difficult times. And we just had no idea. And by doing these Comic-Cons, I've, I've just gained a whole new appreciation for the fans and for the show itself. And I, I'm really proud of the work that we did. It gave a lot of people the courage to overcome great difficulties. Tell us about the evolution of the character, because at first she was just more of a damsel in distress. And then as the series progressed, she got more, got in on action more. So, um, like, what was your thought on that, just how the character changed over the years? Oh, thank you for saying that, because, you know, early on in my career, I did a lot of shows like Moon Dreamers and My Little Pony and uh, Strawberry Shortcake and Rose Petal Place. And they were all little characters with funny little voices. <laughs> and, you know, they didn't do very much except run around. And April did evolve. Now, it was the sign of the times, but it was also the strength, I hope, of what I brought to the character. Um, I've had a lot of young women come up to me doing Comic-Con saying, you gave me the courage to go into the military, become a nurse, become a teacher. I think that women in that era were not encouraged to do things out of a certain confine. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm really glad April gave them that strength. I hope that part of that came from me because that was what I wanted to bring the, to the character and I was lucky enough that the writers and the director put her in that direction. And But you know, our director was Sue Blue, a woman, one of the first female animation directors. Um, there was uh, Andrea Romano and, and Jenny Higgins and a few others. But um, these are pioneers in this in in this field of directing. So I, I hope they brought it into that direction too. Yeah, and I think one of the things that people overlook about April O'Neil and, and why the character resonates with me is because she worked in the media, and she worked in the media in in an era where it was so male dominated, and she didn't give in to that. She was very opinionated. She was very uh, upfront about everything, and she did the stories that she felt was important and not what she was told was important for a woman in that role. Just like me. <laughs> so um, now that you're back in Lansing, like, tell us some of the stuff you want to do here before you leave. Well, I've actually gone back to my neighborhood. I'm here visiting my very best friend. And um, we went to go see my first house. We went to go see um, the the places that I knew and remembered as a child and of course things have changed 
um, but my house is still there, and a lot of reminiscing. It was really, it's really a lovely town. Really enjoying it. Lansing has changed a lot because Classic Group is here now. Ding! And we're gonna make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for stopping and interviewing me, and I wish you all the best with your show. This is seriously like one of the coolest moments for me as a writer, somebody who's been involved in media for two decades. I never thought, I've met a lot of people that I never thought I would have ever met. Al Jarreau, Shaka Khan, the list goes on, but the voice of April O'Neil, I never, never would have thought. And that character definitely impacted my life. So this is really cool. Well, let me close you out. How about that? Thanks, everyone. This is April O'Neil from Channel 6 News. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out the ThisENT.com podcast. And make sure you visit ThisENT.com regularly for all things entertainment.